Hey guys, welcome back to episode number two of the Internet Computer Report. My name is Andrew Phillips. And my name is Evan McFarland. All right, and we have a really cool episode today. We're going to be chatting about token economics. Yeah, it's definitely a big one. Yeah, so, you know, tokens when they first came out, obviously with Bitcoin, they were used for solely as payment purposes. We had Bitcoin, Zcash's, Litecoin, all these others. And now tokens have taken on a new shape as, you know, with much more complexity, adding in governance rights, cash flows, and a number of other uh, different matters. So today we're going to be deep diving into Definity's ICPT, ICPT, ICP token. Excuse me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and I, I think this is an especially important thing to be having uh, open conversations about because for DeFi protocols, which are a lot more popular than the Web3 ones right now, they usually have a clear-cut use case for the tokenomics. I mean, it could provide value, and then they might have a governance problem, but uh, DeFi doesn't necessarily need governance in all their protocols. So as you move over to Web3, the tokenomics models get even more confusing and, in my opinion, even more useless. So it's so important to define uh, why it's necessary to have a token. Mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of Web3 projects throw a tokenomics model on top of an already existing business model that doesn't need a token. And we, of course, don't want to be a victim uh, of that in the Definity ecosystem. So why don't you start by giving a summary about why Definity needs a token? Mm -hmm. So... In my opinion, the three components you need in order to have a, a useful token, you need to offer some governance rights, uh, the ability to offer compute power, and possibly even cash flows. So in Definity's case, they offer all three, which is very powerful. And uh, yeah. I'll, I'll mention that you know those three things, pro providing computing power, uh, mm -hmm. governance rights, and then some sort of an asset, Every time we see tokenomics models veer from that standard is kind of when we're, uh, you know, in unexplored territory that hasn't doesn't have any evidence to prove that it's useful. Mm -hmm. So it, it's great that Definity hits all three without moving into the outskirts of something that's just appealing to token holders. Definitely. And actually, in, in the DeFi space, you know, we constantly see these every every token that seems to be coming out that doesn't really have a use case. They just tend to call it a governance token. Now. If the thing you're governing really doesn't have any value, why do you even need a governance token in the first place? So in the case of Definity, where they're re-architecting the cloud, you know, what other greater need of governance over a protocol is, you know, than what Definity is creating with ICP. So that is, you know, it's an absolutely necessary token. Plus, it's also adding these other dimensions. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's see elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. ICP token, what is it? What is it for? Okay. So the ICP token... Uh, I guess for like the, the easiest explanation for just the you know end user, um, what they were going to see. For most people, we're just going to use the ICP token to stake it into the governance system. So Definity has a governance system which, which they call the network nervous system. Now, in order to participate, you need to stake your ICP in order to create something called a neuron. A neuron is going to be your little dashboard where you're actually going to be able to vote in proposals. So if somebody's proposing something, you could take your stake and then you can actually vote on it. Now, the vesting period in which once you stake your token, um, it'll take between six months to eight years to unlock this token. So the longer that you stake your token, the more rights that you have in the protocol, which I find a really, really nice, uh, nice way. So, it, so for people who are really aligned with the network that are willing to stake their token for eight years, they'll have more rights in the network or more say in the network than just somebody who has it only stake for six months. Okay, so those who are thinking long-term des deserve more 
network influence because of the fact that they have a stake. They, like, they don't want to mess up the network at all if they're going to be in it for 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they're definitely aligned. So somebody with one ICP token might have more voting power than somebody with 10 tokens. And um, yeah, so definitely aligns. So that's, that's the first component Very of cool. the ICP token that yeah. most people are going to see. Now, on a developer, now, when you stake your token, you end up earning more ICP tokens. So there's going to be an inflationary aspect to this. Now, what I love what Definity did was they, they were well aware of the fact that you, know, you can't just have a token that just constantly inflates. Um, so they added this other dimension to it as well. The ICP token will also be used for computational power. So if you're a developer and you're creating an application, in order to create and provide bandwidth for your application, you need to burn ICP tokens to create a secondary token known as a, as a cycle. Now, a cycle is basically computational units. They're pre-powered into an application so that a user can now go on and it's you know free to use on their on their on their behalf. Now, what I love about that is now you're going to be burning ICP tokens to create these cycles. So now you have the counter pressure of the burning to offset the inflationary on the governance system. Okay, so is it fair to say that um, Ethereum's use case is pretty much as gas? It gets converted to gas. Correct. Um, but I don't think Ethereum gets burned when you do that. So is it? Could you think of ICP tokens as the potential to be turned into gas? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You can you can view gas or bandwidth as you know any way that you want. But with the Ethereum side, the person that's making the contract or you know the person that's actually whenever I send the transaction to a contract. It costs me gas. That's how the Ethereum network. But actually, Ethereum is also implementing this new Ethereum investment proposal. I think it's 1559, which is a huge deal, where they're actually planning on also adding uh, burning dynamics into the protocol. Oh, so, I didn't yeah. know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first I'm hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. yeah, so Ethereum is moving to proof of stake, which is going to be far different. Obviously, we're going to dive a little bit further into how Definity is not, not proof of stake, and we'll make that very clear. It's uh, They have a really, really unique... Uh, way in which they you know consensus in the system everything and it's all completely brand new we could jump into that yeah, but, this, yeah. Is a, this is an excellent transition point sure so, yeah, let's go into that uh well if you want to talk about the distinguishing features we got the elevator pitch for what Definity is mm -hmm. and i think it's important to note that you can't build a real decentralized internet computer without the token ec economics model because uh if the tokens are distributed then the computational power is distributed and the network influence is distributed so that's the way to do it. And a lot of other, you know, if you're doing a DeFi protocol that has a governance mechanism, there's not all that much involved with it. But my, my, most people, when they hear about locking it in a neuron, they might wrongfully conflate it with proof of stake. And there's a big dis distinction to be made um, because when you're burning those computational units, it's not the neurons that are providing for it as if it's miners. So in Ethereum, it's, it's proof of stake and why don't you mention some of the limitations that, that we have with the proof of stake? That we oh, yeah. So, yeah, with, well, yeah, if you want to, yeah. So for proof of stake on Ethereum, basically you need to, well, to, as the name suggests, you need to have a stake of this token in order to participate in, um, you know, validating transactions and other things. So if there is somebody who has a huge position, then they're going to be, you know, they're going to have a lot of influence and control of the network. So if you have a bunch of people coming together uh, and they decide to uh, have some sort of nefarious things, you know, they can group together and they can, uh, you know, potentially 
harm the network in a way. So that's one of the issues with the proof of stake. But in Ethereum's case, because of the fact that the network is has been sufficiently decentralized over five years, you know, the value is basically null at, at one point, only trading for 40, 50 cents. You know, it's changed hands quite a bit. Yeah. So it's a very mature network. Now, all these other proof of stake works, like, you know, like Tezos and Cardano, I just don't see them working um, just because of the fact that a select few people own all these tokens. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of collusion that can go on in proof of stake. Okay, so those are all proof of stake, and and the other thing about it is like yeah, it's it's easier to collude uh, with proof of stake, and you compare it to proof of work, um, where everything is based on hash power or raw computing power. So there's an enormous cost for people who want to collude on proof of work because they need to pr- provide and risk all this computational power. With proof of stake, they don't have that. Uh, way to dis- de-incentivize all the attackers because you could put up a stake and you're not, you know, uh, putting putting a tremendous amount of computing power to try and hack it. Yes, um, very good point. So that's one of the, you know, that's why we're we have to move away from proof of anything really. You know, delegated yeah. proof of stake. No matter how you mm-hmm. do it, it seems like that isn't the future of what tokenomics is going to be like. And I, I guess I'll dive into a little bit about like Definity consensus briefly and how they separate the token from the consensus mechanism. And well, as we spoke about neurons, neurons are going to be making decisions like an actual human is going to vote on protocol changes and they could delegate votes. So, you know, they're not busy, uh, you know, reading uh, proposals all the time, but they're not actually updating the block size. Because if you're a neuron and there's a block, Definity's block time is half a second you're obviously not going to be contributing to that. And you don't want to have, have a computer running 24-7 that takes the responsibility for you for that. And so um, the consensus engine is going to be separate from the network nervous system. Now, briefly, how that works, and you know, we'll do a different episode on consensus and how it's so efficient because it's absolutely remarkable how they've been able to accomplish what they do. Um, but it's going to be ruled by independent data centers that don't necessarily need to be staking tokens. They are just like, uh, if you could imagine server farms that might be in Google's computer rooms, we're going to replace that with independent people. So me, me and you talked about this. Mm-hmm. We're, we're interested, like if we buy enough servers, we could be one of the nodes. And then really what you have to worry about at that point is making sure nodes are across different countries and you don't have one big company that is hosting all the servers. And then the servers are going to get paid to provide uh, computational power and hosted data. They're going to get paid in governance tokens. And then the governance mechanism is going to be happening in, in a separate way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's important to note also that, you know, for these, you know, to become a data center for Definity, you actually don't even need any tokens, as you were saying, because they're not doing any proof of stake or proof of anything. And in addition to that, you know, it's, it almost takes a little bit of like what proof of work was of Bitcoin. Uh, you know, you're actually, you know, you're actually providing bandwidth from a data center and you're contributing power to this thing. Now you don't need any tokens. You're just simply getting rewarded in a stable currency for your contributions to this network. Now with Bitcoin, there's a lot of inefficiencies as you know, that we were discussing. It's, you know, very, it's very costly. They have unnecessary hashing. It's just constantly hashing, you know, to try to, you know, validate transactions to make sure it's, you know, for the use case of Bitcoin as a payment network, I guess it's good because if you're sending large amounts of money, you want to know that there's miners that are constantly uh, making sure that your transaction is valid and it won't be, you know, backtracked or anything like that. But for Definity's case, where they're actually trying to create an internet computer, 
you know, you want it to be highly efficient. So Definity is taking all the bandwidth that is coming from these data centers and making it 100% um, used for computation and other purposes. So no unnecessary hashing is the thing. So it's an evolution of proof of work in a sense, but it's just it's just at a next level where... Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't even think yeah. proof of anything is a good comparison yeah, if you want to describe yeah. the Definity consensus engine. And uh, so one of the most common thing a skeptic would say is, you know, all right. Uh, are they really a blockchain at, at that point? Are they even that secure? How do we? That's a good how question. Do know, yeah. How do we know those? So, things? what are your thoughts on that? I'll, I'll give a brief answer. And one of my uh, criticisms of Definity is that we haven't seen the blockchain yet. Like you, you, mm-hmm. we've seen demos of it, and hopefully by the end of the year there'll be a little bit more transparency. Have a block explorer. Uh, but from what I understand of the consensus engine, is if you could imagine. Uh, thousands of nodes at one time now traditional blockchain whether even if it's ethereum proof of stake or bitcoin there's going to be a gossip protocol or just something similar that writes the rules about how if if you're sending bitcoin from your computer you need to broadcast this to the block so all the miners could see it Mm -hmm. that's what the gossip protocol is going to do and the inefficiency comes from the fact that if you want it to be secure you need to send it to every single uh miner and every single other node Mm -hmm. so they share the same state now, if you want a block time, that's going to be, well, Divinity's half a second block time and two block finality. So state changes happen in a second. Like state change, state yeah. change, mm-hmm. state change. That's unbelievable. Amazing, yeah. And all the skeptics are saying, how the heck are you securing this? And that's where I would say is, is the dependency on randomness becomes such a big part of this. So in this thousands of node network, which Divinity will be, uh, every block time, every block is only going to be validated by a select few of them. I think they said 400 uh, was the plan a couple of years ago. And of among those 400, which get shuffled around every half a second, there's going to be one leader that is also completely random. And by the end of the day, you could just, I can't go into the math here, obviously, mm-hmm. of why the randomness is so good. Dominic Williams but said- But they're cryptographers probably. Yeah. The, the cryptographers that are on staff. Uh, yeah, there, <laughs> there, uh, there has never been, I mean, try to point at another place where there's 150 cryptographers working underground yeah. for three years just yeah. for this one random Unbelievable, thing. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so at the end of it, if you could never ever predict who those 400 people are going to be mm-hmm. and who that leader is going to be, you could never get them to collude. Yeah. And that's the ma- that's the that's magic huge. behind it. That's huge. Yeah. People, you know, I might, I hope I didn't lose some people there, but what that means at the end of the day is... Definity did something for efficiency that we've never seen anything like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, and, and we're going to even dive much further in that into future episodes as well with, because, uh, you know, with the technical background and all that as well. But uh, yeah, for the, for the token wise, uh, we actually came, we were actually wondering the other day whether or not Definity would have, uh, you know, you know, like secondary tokens. Well, Will a project be able to come along and build on the Definity Network and create their own token? So we were going back and forth. We're looking through all the Definity documentation, and we came across this one area that answered us. So yes, there will be tokens being built on uh, Definity. And what I find really cool is that each of these tokens can have their own governance rights separate from um, the Internet Computer Protocol governance rights. So you're going to have the ICP token, which is we staked into the network nervous system, but now all these subtokens. So if you want to create a, you know, a financial institution on top of it, or if you want to create a, a, a social media app or a Facebook or a Twitter or one of these other sort of applications on top, they're going to have their own governance rights as well. 
Uh, and then, you know, you're actually creating real massive applications with the ability to really grow. So you can build, you know, an Uber or something else on top of it with, you know, governance rights, which is really amazing. Yeah, that that is so cool. I was so excited that you found that because, you know, me and you were going back and forth. It's like, why, why didn't they say anything yeah. about what tokens are going to be built, right? We haven't mm -hmm. heard anything about that. And I think it's because the team doesn't want people to focus like the speculators to hop on board correct, first. Correct, yeah. They want developers to build new internet services that are open with permanent APIs. Yeah. But from the speculator side of me and you, mm -hmm. we are both very excited to see what is launched because it, if Definity is as big as both me, you and me think it is, mm -hmm. uh, then it, it'll be like the new ERC-20 standard where ev everyone builds their tokens on Ethereum as the default. And every time you want to use one of those tokens, you're paying gas. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone's immediately going to, you know, prefer to build on Definity Standard because the user never pays, right? It's yep. it, it's um, all happening behind the scenes. Definitely, yeah. So that's that was really exciting that we found. Uh, yeah. So it looks like uh, looks like there's a lot of cool things underway. And also, I just saw in a recent Dominic tweet, um, you know, before we before we ended on the token economics, it is also gonna, only going to need one ICP token in order to become part of the network nervous system. So all you need is one ICV token and you can actually become a voter in uh, in the network, which I find pretty cool. You know, yeah, you don't that's need- all, yeah, Otherwise you need 32 yeah, Ethereum. 30, which costs, so, you know, 13, 14,000 yeah. dollars. Whereas, you know, somebody with, you know, whatever it might be, 10, 20 dollars if it launches at that, uh, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. much more inclusive. Yeah, so I, I think the last frontier for the tokens, and we've seen this, I mean, if you look back at the history of, of Bitcoin and Ethereum, if they want to maintain the principles of decentralization and the network depends on the token decentralization, then that's going to be the more social and less technical challenge for the Definity Foundation. Because mm -hmm. they have so much money um, held you know, within these tokens and the foundation and venture capitalists that have bought a ton from the beginning. And they need to work out some creative ways to disseminate these tokens and get enough people involved and incentivized to be even small yes, neurons. Absolutely. Yeah, hey, listen, that's and that's that's a real democracy over there too that they're creating, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, and yeah. A, a direct de democracy with direct, yeah. all the decisions even yeah. uh, you could vote on. Definitely, so. yeah. Well, after you know, in all of our current events today with all the craziness and oh, <laughs> we're dealing with, uh, we won't get into that, but yeah, it's nice to see that the Definity Network is really kind of stepping everything forward. Yeah. So yeah, so amazing it was pretty, things yeah. to come with that. So on that note, I guess uh, we'll end it for token economics. Uh, thanks for joining us and. Uh, We'll see you on the next episode. Yeah, I appreciate Thanks. it, guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Thanks, Evan. <laughs>